Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. My name is Bella Tholanot, and you're listening to 100% BS. How's it going? Welcome. Today's topic and discussion is so near and dear to my heart. I'm really, really looking forward to it, and I really think it's actually going to be quite monumental for you. And it's been something that's been very present for me in my personal life and just in a lot of different ways. And I felt that it would be really great to do a deep dive on this topic of forgiveness and letting go. Because I also think it's kind of underrated. I don't think we talk enough about how important it is to recognize where you're holding on for dear life sometimes to emotions or to memories or to experiences you've had and how much that can be really stopping you from simply living a joyful life, but also in terms of manifesting, you know, your goals or in terms of achieving the things you'd like to achieve or just simply like living a blissful life, right? The goal is to live happily, live joyfully. And sometimes there's little things in the way that we don't really realize. So that's why I'm excited about doing this episode today and I've broken it down into a few different sub topics and I also surprisingly while I was writing this episode out started to make a lot of connections between the topic of forgiveness and letting go and actually how it impacts our culture and that I'm arguably most excited about because I love when I can connect topics that have to do with self-development and internal growth, the work, right? But connect it back to culture, society, how do we actually change things for the better? Because that's in the end what it's about, you know, the work matters because in the end that goes and you're going to go and affect your community in a positive way, hopefully, right? So we're, t- we're going to talk about why forgiveness is underrated for your overall happiness, how letting go can make you a more open-minded and curious person, why forgiveness is aligned with the concept of oneness, letting go, being essential in creating the life you want, and forgiveness also like letting go, making you more open-minded. So I'm going to talk about my experience. I'm going to kind of dive into the cultural aspect of it, the science of forgiveness, um, the common principle of forgiveness in religion and spirituality. And um, also, you know, how to forgive while also maintaining boundaries and respect for yourself. A lot of times we we think that, you know, forgiving, the reason we don't forgive a lot of times is we think that it's like giving the upper hand or something, right? But we're going to break down all of that. Before we get into it, I just want to say thank you for being here. If you enjoy the episode, make sure you share it with a friend. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. All of that is linked wherever you listen, just give it a rating. If you have an extra couple seconds, maybe a written review on Apple Podcasts, would really, really love and appreciate the support. Helps me out a lot. And yeah. Oh, and then let me let me give a little little personal life update because I always like to do that. You know, I'll contextualize this episode because I think that's actually really important. Someone told me that it's eclipse season. Apparently we're com- we just had a big eclipse on the 30th, which was two days ago. Today is Monday, May 2nd, when I'm recording this. And apparently we're heading into an eclipse season, which I've been told is all about letting go and release. So hello, timely. This is what happens when I listen to my intuition. It's aligned with the stars and isn't that nifty. So 
that is cool that we're going into an eclipse season. And that's why I think energetically, this will probably be quite aligned for many of you. And um, what else? So much culturally happens, I feel like, every day that we, without realizing it, sort of are like storing all of these mini events in our body. And I think we forget to like sort of cleanse and just let it go and turn it off a bit. Like I'm definitely guilty of going on Twitter. I love Twitter, by the way. It's a very fun place for me. I often, like a lot of my initial thoughts and things that turn into episodes start on Twitter sometimes, just like little tidbits I'm putting out there. But anyway, the point is I'm guilty of going on Twitter and just like consuming news and media that is very much just toxic in the end. It's not necessarily always toxic. It's that it's commandeering the natural stream of information that would have been taking place in my mind and in my body, right? So it's important to this is all tied together. Letting go, forgiveness, the release. It's all part of it. We're consuming so much. We're taking so much on that you have to stop and slow down and release it, right? So without further ado, let's get into the art of forgiveness and letting go and why it will help you uplevel your life and why it's also going to help you understand culture better. Okay. So why is this topic important to me? I wanted to talk about this because in the past year, I have really felt, I think with many other people, that just it's it's become very common to feel like someone, something, some event has done you wrong. And in these experiences, it's easy to get lost in that experience of being angry, being upset which we need to feel all those emotions, but sometimes it becomes an extreme of being sort of like in a trauma bond with everything that's going on, right? So the reason why I want to share this is because most importantly, I share things in the effort of helping to raise your consciousness essentially, right? Because as you raise your own, as I raise mine, I hopefully help you to raise yours. And the effort in itself is the point, right? So it's like the goal is not necessarily to get to some state where we've reached the end of the road, like the process is the point. So that's why I share these things because it all starts with you. And these are the topics of conversation that show us that real path forward to improving society in a tangible way that actually has a ripple effect, right? So let's talk about what is forgiveness and letting go. So I do have a couple of studies and I'm going to cite and I'll link those as well in the show notes. But the Mayo Clinic Mayo, Mayo Clinic study. There's a study that I'm going to reference here and it's it describes forgiveness as it is an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. I want you to sit with that last part, whether the person deserves it or not. You are making the choice to offer compassion and empathy toward a person who wrongs you. And that is very, very powerful, especially when we are pretty convinced that this person probably doesn't deserve it. Whatever that means, right? We make up stories about if people are deserving or not. And a lot of times that's a projection of our own maybe sense of unworthiness or whatever ego games that we try to play in in terms of putting ourselves above others. And so just... The whole point of this really is just thinking about the power 
that is in that act, right? On an emotional level, on a physical level, energetically, what's happening? When you offer a sense of understanding and compassion towards someone who you feel has done you wrong or or who has hurt you in some way, that's very, very powerful. And it's going to really, you'll see, as I point out in these studies, it actually is healthy for you to do this, right? So my own experience in this is really that I think in the past two years, in the context of COVID and the context of this new world where it basically, it just, there's these very extremely complicated matters of family, work, social dynamics, and it all sort of became normalized to treat people differently and exclude them, right? I've talked about it in the show. I'm not shying away from the topic, right? We know that the COVID world resulted in people being excluded, being demonized, silenced, all the things, literally fired from work, like prevented from making a living. It goes on. I'm no stranger to to this. And my personal experience has also been in line with this, right? Feeling the impacts of that either directly to me or to close friends, being in community with people who have felt the effects of specifically the normalization of basically dehumanizing people. And also for reasons that were completely unjustified. People thought it was justified, but that's important, right? Because it all circles back for me and my personal experience of why this has become so present for me is because for me, the COVID era was so perfectly encapsulating of a way to learn how people who might be wronging you still think that they are doing the right thing. And it's so crucial to understand this because this is where you can build the compassion and understanding is because you will peel back the layers and see that most people, if not all, I'll say most, absolutes are difficult. Uh, Most people are doing the best they can with the information that they have. And a lot of times, in addition to that, people are hurting, right? A lot of people, people who are hurting other people are hurting inside. Known fact. It's a projection. It's some type of response to whatever's going on internally. It rarely is actually having to do with you, the person, like the victim, quote unquote, the victim, right? And that's another thing that we sort of get caught into is like taking it personally, right? So basically, eventually, I learned from all these experiences to see the humanity and the people who I was very, very angry at. And it just it made me understand human behavior in general, sort of like a psychological aspect of it, of just human suffering and being so much more open to each person's experience, right? So that has been sort of my side of it is just having gone through experiences where I felt very, very angry for good reason, I will point out, valid feelings of of being wronged, excluded, treated differently, not invited to things across the span of work, family, like community, whatever it was, right? In all different formats, I'm sure you can relate in whatever format it is. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID, right? That was my experience and really where I'm drawing a lot of this from. But it happens all the time in life. People do things to you that upset you, that you feel were wrong to you, and it causes anger and resentment, right? A human experience is to feel that. So that really is where I'm coming from. And it's been so powerful because now looking back, 
I can apply this lens to look forward where I say, people will do things to you in life that are upsetting, that don't feel good, but we have to eventually, after we process the emotion, after we feel it deeply, be able to sort of move past it with a sense of compassion for the person, even if you don't think they deserved it. And that's really powerful to shift. For me personally, just seeing whoever did XYZ thing and saying, you know what? They were trying their best or they didn't know better or they actually thought that this was the safest thing for them to do. And so they did it to me and they didn't, it wasn't personal. It was about them. It was whatever, right? That helped me to see the humanity in the other person. And that's really where a lot of this experience came from and how it ended up being really a spiritual experience for me, which is where I'm going to get into the presence of forgiveness and letting go in religion and spirituality. And for me personally, it was in Zen Buddhism. I've been reading and basically studying Zen practices in the past year, and that really shifted things for me. So I want to share what in um, Zen, Zen Buddhism, has helped me in my approach to life. Because this, at least the way I share it is, at first sounds sort of conceptual, but you'll see that these can start to apply as frameworks that will then help you to take on the act of forgiveness and letting go. So Zen Buddhism talks about this approach to life where you're almost floating through the ups and downs. I like to think of it as everything is data. Everything's information. Sometimes bad things happen and other times really great things happen. And in between all of that, we're really just observers of life, of life, right? We're just in the observer seat and there's a choice to be made. It's either let the information penetrate your mind, body, soul in a way that harbors a negative relationship to reality or choose to let the events occur as they occur and do not attach an identity to it, right? So one version of it is this happened to me and now I am angry, right? I'm this emotion. Instead, the uh, the flip side would be this occurred. I have processed the emotion. I have felt it all, but I am not these emotions. This is not my identity. This is not my reality. And it's really just a way, that's just kind of a simple way of explaining the concept um, of, of what it's like to observe reality from almost like a detached state while still letting yourself have a, have a full experience. So it's life as the observer who chooses whether or not to take on events as a catalyst for a negative dark reality or letting events be a part of the beautiful, mysterious experience of life, right? So this is my interpretation of Zen and of Buddhism and Eastern philosophies in general and the way that I've interpreted the literature and readings. And um, I actually encourage you to read, if this sounds interesting to you, the two books I recommend are The Way of Zen by Alan Watts and The Elements of Zen by Tony Doubleday are incredible. But so that's what sort of informed my framework for how to approach these things in life is I view myself as I'm here having a physical experience on earth. I'm also having an emotional experience. I'm having a soul experience. I'm having a spirit experience. I'm having, basically I'm having an experience. That's the whole thing. That is what it is to be alive here and now. And in that, things are going to happen to me. I'm going to, I wake up every day and I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict it, right? I'm here on the journey. And everything is data and information. I get to choose if that piece of data and information 
impacts me, A, if it impacts me, and B, how, right? So for me, this creates, you're really just creating space between the thing that occurred and you and your identity and your sense of self, right? Instead of saying that you are the emotion and that you're going to be that emotion forever, that's just the way you are. It's, I feel this emotion right now. The emotion is going through me. I'm going to feel it, process it fully, and then let it go. That's like the simplest way I can explain the framework. And that for me has helped to shift things in a way where I'm not so attached to the things that happen to me. And I can almost view them as happening for me, right? As a catalyst for something positive, as a learning moment, which I will say in the moment is very difficult to see hardship as a positive thing, but you can still, through the processing of it, understand that it's going to pass, right? So, Another interesting theme here to tie together is historically forgiveness has also been a Christian theme, right? And the reason I bring this up is because I think it's very interesting to tie together the stories and conditioning around this. A lot of times I don't think we realize that the way that we're processing life and our relationship to reality has a lot to do with the conditioning and stories, a lot to do with it, right? So it's like the way that you were raised, the way that you know, you were conditioned, whatever, if you went to church, whatever programs that you watched, your school that you went to, right? All these things fed a certain way to look at reality. And one of those things for a lot of people, whether you like practice it or not, but a lot of times like religion informed our culture, right? Is forgiveness was a big Christian theme, right? So in Christia- in Christianity and similar to other religions, there's often a theme of forgiving others for their trespasses. That was actually a line that I heard uh, at my grandmother, my grandfather's funeral recently. And I was like, wow, even though, you know, the church and religion kind of in general, just I'm not like, I don't identify really as religious. And I, my upbringing sort of made me a bit like averse to religion in general and like church and as an institution. But even though that's how I felt in some way, I was like, wow, there are really universal themes that I think are just fundamental truths to our existence. And this is about forgiveness as this like common theme in religion, right? So there's a lot of religious texts like the Bible. So the interesting thing to basically note here is that there's a lot of weight to these concepts because of the history behind them, right? One being religious, another being cultural, and it kind of starts to blend together. But what's interesting that I'll note, and I could probably go into this more, but that the context of forgiveness in Christianity is that not forgiving is actually a sin. And if you forgive your enemy, then God will also forgive you too. And that's a whole topic and whole dynamic, but I bring it up because it's very interesting to just recognize that forgiveness has been a big theme for people for centuries and that We've been encouraging it, but it's sometimes in a weird context, which is why it might be kind of um, difficult for people to do because of the stories that have been weaved into the processing of of it itself, right? Like a lot of emotions, activities are tied to some kind of like good or bad moral compass issue. And so we, we start to fold that into whether or not we process things. So that's why it's kind of fascinating to think about the history of it and why that might be affecting your outlook on it. The next example that I think is really, really beautiful and really kind of opened my eyes up to how powerful it can be is 
So Nelson Mandela was a very big example, is a very big example of, of in his effort to forgive his oppressors, which is pretty profound to think about knowing what he went through being in prison for, for so long, being an activist. And you should look up his history if you're not familiar with it. But really, he was a big proponent and has so many famous you know, moments of explaining why it was powerful for him to forgive his oppressors. And I think that's just very, very powerful because you can see how in our own culture, maybe in the West, we're kind of far from encouraging forgiveness. And in fact, I think people really dwell on hardship and on the past in general in the West. I think it's a common theme and it's almost encouraged to identify with the past and the, you know, hardship and any darkness that you had to almost like make it the paramount thing in your reality, which is pretty interesting to think about how that's going to affect your mental state, which is then Again, it all trickles into the culture. So I, I bring up the the Mandela example simply because I think it's important to notice the themes of forgiveness and letting go and how that can connect much more broadly to cultural examples of activism, freedom, and essentially ongoing efforts to liberate humanity. So I think it's really interesting to see how even in the face of oppression and hardship, choosing forgiveness and letting go can be even more empowering than staying in a state of anger or resentment, right? And it's just really interesting to see how even in the face of oppression and hardship and any type of negative event that you might experience, that actually choosing forgiveness and letting go can be even more empowering than staying in that state of anger or resentment, which has kind of become the default. It's been it's become really common to just stay latched on to any sort of darkness that you experience and to make that part of your reality. But think about how that is then affecting your standard place that you operate from. It's always from, you know, like darkness and sadness and those low vibrational states of mind. Anger and resentment are not places that you always want to be in, right? So a really great... um Mandela quote that speaks to this is he said, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. So that's really what you have to think about is that a lot of times these negative emotions, the only person feeling them is you, right? Sometimes you're expressing the emotion to another person and they can sort of understand where you're coming from. But when we get past the point of communicating our emotion to someone and we're just holding it within us, that is just affecting you. That's all internal. And the body, we know, it keeps track, it keeps the score, it holds on to those emotions and it stores it within you and it affects everything around you, right? You go out into your day-to-day life, you call your mother, you go to work, it's in you and it's affecting the way that you're going out there, right? Into the world. And so that's just why you can think about if you want to be in a more empowered place, you have to work towards letting go. You have to work towards forgiveness because holding on to that anger and resentment, especially from an ego place, is poisoning you from the inside out, essentially. When, you, when you're thinking that it's going to somehow get your message across to the other person, but probably the only one you're hurting is yourself, right? Another really powerful quote that I loved from Mandela was, he said, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. That's very powerful. That speaks to the mind as the prison, right? In the end, even if you're a free person out and about in the world, if you're hanging on to resentment and anger for something that happened to you in the past, are you really free? Have you freed yourself from it? 
Your physical reality might indicate to you that everything is fine, but your internal state says something different. And that's very, very important to realize, right? So let's talk about what applying principles of forgiveness really looks like. So you can start to integrate it into your life. So you can start to feel the positive effects of forgiveness. So as I spoke about uh, at the beginning of this episode, my I'll speak to my own experience and practice with this because what I have found interestingly was, like I said, I would read about sort of these life philosophies and then experience something and then end up integrating the learnings. Either I learned it first in real life and then sort of found it to be a, a truthful expression of how to navigate life in a more detached, enjoyable way, right? So in my experience, what happened really was just that feeling of either being excluded from gatherings based on fear or potentially anger, right? This is like in the COVID era, you weren't allowed to go places depending on certain decisions that you would make. And I went through months of feeling upset and bitter and almost like a righteousness of like, how dare they, right? Like, how could they do this to me? Taking it personally, right? having work experiences where I would feel so angry about how an organization on the surface would say one thing, and then they would turn around and implement a practice that was just a totally different thing, right? I was in the arena of just feeling like a victim, feeling like it was all very personal, it was about me. And that all just really made me feel like shit. I remember vividly just being in those moments for prolonged periods of time where it would come up again and again of me holding on to that anger. And it also honestly put me above them because I would create these stories about how I would never do that or I can't believe that they would do this, right? So it was all these loops that just feed the ego. I was feeding my ego and thinking like, I'm more, I'm like more moral, like I understand things better, like all these nonsense stories that in the end are hurting me because if I am putting myself above someone else, like these are projections of insecurity of me trying to overcompensate for the hurt, right? Like I felt hurt. And so I tried to overcompensate by like doing myself as better, which in the end were not healthy emotions to be operating from. And so how was that feeding my ego? Essentially, it was because I wasn't letting myself see the humanity in the other party, right? I was only seeing the darkness that anger let me see. And that was also because I hadn't fully let myself process it in a way that would let me move on. So it was also a total blame game, right? Like you become angry at someone and then you play the victim card. And so you just sort of justify everything and you're you make your ego feel like it's justified to also be in prolonged anger. Like it's this loop. And so I invite you to sort of just try to pinpoint where in the past, maybe right now, something you've experienced recently, where you were or are justifying prolonged anger past the state of any sort of healthy processing, where you're justifying the amount of anger that you have by blaming other people, by just sort of denying the humanity in the other person or whatever is specific to that scenario where you're prolonging the state of resentment and sort of feeding your ego in that way that's like, well, this and that and making up the story, right? You're going to notice that story loop that you keep going back to and that is what you have to cut off and write the new story, right? So 
The key here is that there's this prolonged emotion. Of course, we need to feel the impact of the hardship and whatever happened to us. And that's actually really, 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 really important. But what often happens is that we feel the emotion coming up and then we add all these stories to it automatically. So it's like, I am angry and this and that, right? I feel resentful because these people have done this to me. And then I add this story about this person, right? So I think we definitely have to let the anger take place and move through us. But after a certain extent, it's about really asking yourself if you're revisiting the anger and making yourself angry again without there actually being a catalyst for it. And if so, does that mean that you never fully felt the anger before? So that's like understanding the difference between am I just making myself mad again for no reason without there being a catalyst? Like am I self-inflicting the anger? And is that because I didn't process it? Or is that because I am holding on to it because I've I've identified with it because it's become part of my story to suffer, to like have this tragedy be something present for me. That's something I experienced for me was like after the COVID era sort of started to fizzle out being like, oh my God, like I was really identifying a lot with that story, with that narrative of like, I'm against this and the world is so messed up and I don't want to support this. And then suddenly it was like, oh, there's some wins, like things have shifted. And then I realized how much I could have been, I might have been hanging on to the tragedy to kind of give myself a sense of identity. So that's where you have to think about if you're bringing up these emotions again, because you haven't processed it or because you are identifying with it to an extent that is past what would be healthy, right? So I want to read um, two excerpts from this amazing book called The Elements of Zen that I found really helpful. And again, these are like conceptual, but will end up informing your framework for how you can process these things. Highly, highly recommend it. This book honestly was a huge catalyst in helping me to just process life in a much more healthy way. So it says, in essence, Zen is not concerned with how we conduct ourselves in society, but an outcome of Zen teaching is that the dualistic distinction we may make between ourselves and others starts to diminish. This shift in perception is matched by an increased awareness of the interdependence of all phenomena. This then leads to a growing sense of social awareness and community and compassion with other beings. Life itself may then become a koan, which is like a, a teaching, in which we try to answer the question of how to lead a life that balances our own needs with those of the people and other beings around us. The realization that you do not exist separately from everything else carries with it the awareness that you must now accept responsibility not only for the results of your own actions, but for everything that you experience. It no longer works to say something like, she made me jealous. One must now say, I made myself jealous. Now, if a problem occurs, you cannot look outside of yourself to place the blame, but, mu but must look inwards. Face yourself and discover what it is in you that engendered a particular situation. To live from this place, however, requires considerable effort and the ability to stay clear-minded within the confusion of our lives. So. This is essentially speaking to that approach where because you see the interconnectedness of everything, because all is one, because 
you're in charge of your experience, that these emotions you're feeling, you have to take ownership for them. And that means you can't just walk around blaming everything. You can't just play the victim all the time thinking that that means someone else is going to come and fix your issue. It means you have to take ownership of the experience that you have gone through. Even if someone quote unquote did it to you, the emotion you're feeling is in your own body and therefore is your responsibility to process. And yeah, that takes a lot of personal responsibility and effort, but it's the path toward a much more conscious, enlightened life, much more full of happiness and joy and detachment, right? So the other um, section I want to read to you, which I found very powerful was, I think this kind of really ties it together for me. So it says, when we suddenly awaken to the clear realization that there is no barrier and never has been, one realizes that one is all things. Mountains, rivers, grasses, trees, sun, moon, stars, universe are all oneself. There is no longer any division or barrier between oneself and others. No longer any feelings of alienation, fear, jealousy, or hatred toward others. For one knows and has attested to the clear fact that there is nothing apart from oneself and therefore nothing to fear. Realizing this naturally results in true compassion. Other people and things are no longer seen as part as apart from oneself, but on the contrary, as one's own body. And so something I wrote at the top of this page was oneness means that hurting another is hurting yourself. And it really just speaks to, again, these themes that when you can understand the interconnectedness of everything, that A, compassion is a, compassion is a natural symptom of that because you see how much everything is all connected. And if you are connected to this person, to this environment, to this community, to everything physical around you, then there's no more blame. There's no more separation. There's nothing to hate. There's nothing to fear. It's all part of it. It's all part of your universe. And so because of that, you have to take ownership to let go of it, right? So a couple exercises for the mind and some visualizations that you can try out. So this is really my own version of these ideas, basically to genuinely find pieces of these ideas in other people. So this is especially for whoever you'd call like an enemy or the wrongdoer, right? Whoever did you wrong, whoever you're upset or angry at, right? It's essentially to find in them beauty, find sadness, find joy. Imagine in them how often they feel excitement, right? If they see a cute baby or cute puppy, don't you think that they would also feel something nice there? That they would extend their heart to that thing? I think this is really speaking to if you can visualize this person, whether it's them suffering or them being extremely happy, whichever one helps your heart recognize the heart in them is going to elicit a natural compassion. And in compassion and understanding, it's very difficult to be angry. It's very difficult to be resentful when we see the humanity in somebody else. And so forgiveness comes very easily when you remember that any resentment harbored toward another is equally felt toward yourself. Any anger, rage, or hatred 
toward another being is just felt all the same by your own soul. And so when you're just sitting in your living room, holding on to that experience of hardship that made you feel like hell, replaying that and telling yourself the stories about how terrible this person is and how much they hurt that they caused you and how unjustified that is, right? But you're justifying it to yourself for being, you're justifying the anger to yourself, right? Who do you think is really hurting from that? You are. You're hurting from it. You're you're walking into the world. You're going to the coffee shop and that person can feel it. They can feel their energy. They can hear it in your tone of voice, right? Your mom calls you later and wants to check in and wants to understand what's wrong. That's why you have to let go. That's why you have to find the compassion and, and the humanity in other people because it will create more space for you in your life, right? If you're talking about manifestation, a huge part of it is to release, is to let go and create energetic space, mental, emotional space for greater things to come in. And that's sort of the motivation. I think the reason behind making the effort and doing the work to undo that conditioning, those stories that are keeping you in the loop of victimhood, that are keeping you in the loop of resentment. So if you need further motivation for why forgiveness and letting go is really such a beautiful thing to do, this is a wonderful list of, this is is a study done through, I'm going to link it below, but some health benefits of forgiveness that I thought were really wonderful to call out are low blood pressure, stress reduction, less hostility, better anger management skills lower heart rate, lower risk of alcohol or substance abuse. That's a big thing to think about is if you're often feeling angry or resentful, then are you using some sort of substance to cope with it? Fewer symptoms of depression, fewer anxiety, reduction in chronic pain, more friendships, healthier relationships, greater religious or spiritual well-being. That to me makes a lot of sense, right? My own sort of journey with forgiveness and letting go turned me toward the more spiritual aspects of life and improved psychological well-being. I'm going to link this. You can read more about it. But really, the point is that there is an actual shift happening in your body, in your mind, when you choose to go down the path of letting go. And the reason why I think that this is so exciting is because I think that there's kind of a missing piece in up-leveling your life and your ability to communicate and strengthen your mind, right? It's this forgiveness and letting go, right? Let me tell you why. I touched on this before, but in manifestation, a lot of times we need to open up energy. We need to create space for something new to come through. And if you, if something has a hold on your heart, if something has a hold on you emotionally, that stops you. That sends out a certain signal to your surroundings, to the universe, to the world, whatever you believe in, however it works for you it sets up a blockage and you, those things cannot come through when there's a lot of other stuff going on. That is why the forgiveness letting go is so important, which we do through those visualizations, through finding compassion, right? Through understanding the complexity of the human experience and that people do things that they think are the right thing, that they think are okay in the moment, or they do it from a place of hurt, right? The other place that I think this is so, so important and so helpful is in managing division and ideological battles, right? So much of our culture is built upon division and not understanding other people. And I think a lot of that is rooted 
in not seeing the humanity and the and not having compassion for other people, no matter what their view is, no matter what their background is, whatever they identify as, right? All these different aspects of us trying to separate ourselves. It's a separation, right? If you view yourself as above or better or different, or I'd never do that, or I don't understand how they could ever do that, that's a separation tactic. You're separating yourself from another human being. And therefore, that's going to create these feelings of resentment and anger and separation because of the lack of understanding. You have the ability to understand them. You've just chosen the other viewpoint, which is keeping you in that cycle of victimhood and blaming other people, right? How often do we? see on the news or just in culture, this trend of blaming other people for all the issues or it's these people or if they did this differently, like it's so almost like romanticized to do that. We all do it. We all have fun talking shit and blaming some group of people for all of the issues that we face in a culture, but it's really just furthering the division and making you separate from everything else. Right. So that's why I think it's really, really interesting to think about those connections between culture and the lack of forgiveness. And a few of these to call out are that basically some of the themes that I found that I'm discovering in sort of this like view that this, this deep dive into forgiveness is because most people are living in the past, right? They're harboring resentment daily and they're just repeating these old painful patterns, right? From there, we have this culture of the West that holds on to grudges and really does not easily forgive and process difficult events. Like in history, we've had so many things happen depending on your experience, depending on your personal history, whatever it is, like history is full of ups and downs. Like we, this is, this is an obvious statement, right? But a lot of times we don't process it. Even right now, let's say in the past two years, the COVID world has been so traumatizing. So many crazy things happen that we just did not process as a collective, right? So it's up to us individually to process that or else we're going to hold on to anger, right? My personal side of this is like having to let go and forgive anything that I have felt that has been wrong towards me for my own peace. So then I can also offer love back to any person that might have wronged me. Something really profound that I went through recently was Basically, I had this like feeling in me that I should text this person and essentially like just say thank you for their kindness in a certain moment when before I felt that they were not kind, that they had wronged me essentially, right? In so many words, I'll keep it vague. <laughs> but basically, I decided to just say like thank you and give the olive branch. And I remember after I sent this message, I involuntarily started crying. It was the release. My body was letting go of all of the anger and resentment that I had held on to because before I had been looking at me as sort of like, I would never do that or I can't believe they'd do that, right? I'm like holding myself above it somehow thinking that that's going to make me feel better. The second I extended the olive branch, I felt so much better, such a relief. I literally like physically involuntarily started crying. It was beautiful. And I remember since then, I've been feeling so much more at ease about it, right? So the other interesting learning is that the ego loves to create the illusion of having the upper hand by placing itself above others who hurt them. Same thing I just said about in my own experience that we all do this. We all put ourselves above it thinking that it's going to 
you know, make us feel better, make us a better person, right? We're kind of obsessed with like good versus bad, having good morals. And then this is towards the point of what Nelson Mandela would teach is that even the oppressed have something to gain by forgiving their oppressor, even though that's kind of wildly unpopular or could be said like is kind of controversial, but really the process of forgiving and letting go is needed for healing and empowerment, right? It's essential for your health and resentment and anger take that toll on the body And it carries that trauma into new situations that have no responsibility for what happened before, but they take all of like the impact and the brunt of it. So that's kind of where we can tie together and connect yet again. It's my favorite theme on this show is how self-development and the work, the inner work is so important for creating a new culture that really does improve at the individual level. And you can just think about in your upbringing, in your conditioning, and any any major education that you had that oriented your outlook in a certain way towards the world, how that impacts the way that you emotionally process life and hardships, right? Did your household teach you that holding a grudge, that you should hold a grudge because it was weak to forgive, right? Was it, you know, did you feel like you were weak or giving in by saying that you forgive someone or even saying that you're sorry for your peace in it? You know, like, was it better to have the upper hand? In school, were there themes of harboring resentment towards groups of people, right? You know, was there the teaching to look at the humanity in other people or was it centered around division, right? Like, how often does it become normalized in our culture to look at people as groups and as separate entities from yourself? In the past few years, best example, how have we held on to that struggle as a form of of identity and sort of felt lost without it once it resolves. It's like same thing. You can apply that apply that to any significant historical event where people really have identified with that as a struggle and have not moved on from it or have not processed it in the way that they're letting go. They're harboring resentment infinitely, right? As a sense of identity almost. So that is the art of forgiveness and letting go. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope you found it enlightening. I definitely covered a lot of ground on there. I thought it was important to connect it back to culture, to conditioning and to self-development, all these things, because I really think we want to take the internal piece and we want to take it to the outside world. Very important to do that. So let me know what you think. Share it with a friend, share it on Instagram while you listened and Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. And we'll see you next time.